the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right, hey, we got to be serious right now. Inclement weather situation, right? We got to be really, really serious. We got to take this seriously. And we turn to our uh, our elected officials, you know, I mean, they're in charge right now. Let's see. Governor Kathy Hochul just sent this message out to everybody in the state on her official account there, tweet. Uh, Snow is falling across the state with the coldest temperatures of the season so far coming this weekend. Remember, if you see snow, drive slow. If you see ice, think twice. Please continue to monitor local forecasts. Stay safe and stay warm. You know, I was thinking about going outside with no shirt on and uh, uh, going motorcycle riding this weekend. (laughs) Governor, you know, there's this idea. The the name governor is a wrong name. We shouldn't call it. It's the wrong title. It goes right to their head that they are somehow governing us, governing our lives, right? They are. It's a bad term. I don't like it. It goes back to the Brits. I don't like it. Do you? Governor. I'm like, we're subjects of her. And the lamest advice. I do notice this, though. There are more and more people kind of uh, freaking out about a little snow than ever before. We used to get like three or four significant snowfalls uh, a winter. I don't think we got one snowfall last uh, last year. Flurries come down. It's not even accumulating and we got winter advisories, we got weather alerts, we've got uh, state officials getting together with those silly jackets on and uh, the snow plows are standing by. I don't know. It's just we 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 become like Washington DC. I mean, those people take the day off, they take the week off, they send everybody home early, non-essential employees only. Anytime anybody sees a flicker of snow, and it seems like we're getting a little bit more like that. We're not as hardy as we used to be. Uh, so it is kind of weird. I will say this. I remember vividly. I used to make a lot of money, uh, shoveling the snow. We actually had a snow plow. I would go out there and I was surprised how much money you can make. Uh, 14, 15, 16. I was big into that and, uh, did very well and, well, not too well, but you know, okay. Well, blew the money on who knows what. Gosh, I wish I saved that money. I really, you know, that's a real regret of mine. Not, I was, I've been working since, uh, not that I was, you know, on the docks or anything like that or food on the table. No, I was buying Atari video games. That's what I was doing. Buying Atari systems. Where are those things now? Junk. It's all junk. It's not, it's not, not worth anything. Hey, the, um, I'll get back to that in a second. The March for Life is on in Washington, D.C. You know, it's amazing. A lot of the hardcore pro-lifers out there, um, and I, I consider myself uh, pro-life, actually. Uh, I don't like late-term abortions. I don't like abortions willy-nilly. I think it's a sign of a society in decline. And uh, there are alternatives. Yes, there are alternatives. And uh, adoption, contraception, uh, hey, how's this? Abstinence, right? People will laugh at you, You're not, in, but that, that is an option, too. I don't like the idea of handing out condoms at the in the school. I remember when they first started talking about that. I was not that far removed from school when that became a uh, an issue where I realized there's a total ounce of, more than an ounce, 
there's a big dose of encouragement when your school administrators start handing out condoms, right? Anyway, the Right for Life uh, march is going on in Washington, D.C. Donald Trump is the first president to ever go to that in person. He went in person. Everybody else kept the pro-life community at arm's length. Reagan, Bush, Bush, all of them. They just, you know, they, they pretended to be pro-life, but they really weren't going to roll up their sleeves and break a sweat. Uh, they wanted their votes. They wanted their support. But, you know, especially the Bushes, they didn't want to, they didn't want to turn back the clock on Roe v. Wade. No, they didn't. It took Donald Trump to actually get it done. And now I can't believe, I, I actually know some activists in that community and they still won't go with Trump. They just resent him for some reason. And uh, not many, not many, but a couple of key ones I know, and they resent the hell out of him. Um, well, you can't trust him. Why not? Look at what he's done. Look at he has put everything on the line for the country, even his freedom, even his freedom. All right. I want to go to Switzerland, though. You ever hear of this World Economic Forum? I don't know exactly what they do over there, um, but they do encourage policies that I don't like. Uh, globalists don't like borders. They like cheap labor. <laughs> okay, they're big into that. They're also big into climate change. Uh, more things they can, more controls they can inflict on us. And once we're all driving electric cars, they can actually turn off the cars. They're big into China. Uh, they give China a big pass on everything. And there is this hot shot from the Heritage Foundation, the conservative group in Washington, D.C. He is uh, pretty amazing, and he goes over there. Let's see here. This guy's name is Kevin Roberts, and this is at a little symposium at the World Economic Forum that's happening right now. And he sits down and he gives them, uh, <laughs> he gives it right to him, right between the eyes. Go with that, please. That you would or anyone would describe Davos as protecting liberal democracy. It's equally up for it. <clears throat> it's 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 equally laughable to use the word dictatorship at Davos, and and aim that at President Trump. In fact, I think that's absurd. But I'm going to step aside from that constructive criticism and instead answer your question. Yep. And, and I'm going to be substantive here. President Trump, if he's the next president, for that matter, I think whoever the next conservative president is going to take on the power of the elites, which I mentioned earlier. But there, the, the thing that I want to drive home here, the very reason that I'm here at Davos, is to explain to many people in this room and who are watching, with all due respect, nothing personal, but that's your part of the problem. Political elites tell the average people on three or four or five issues that the reality is X when, in fact, reality is Y. Take immigration. Elites tell us that open borders and even illegal immigration are okay. The average person tells us in the United States that both rob them of the American way of life. They're right. President Trump will take that on on behalf of the average American. Elites also tell us that public safety isn't a problem in big American cities. Just travel to New York or Washington or Dallas, Texas. The average person will tell you that the lack of public safety damages not just the American way of life, but their life. President Trump will take that on. Thirdly, I guess the favorite at the World Economic Forum is climate change. Elites tell us that we, we have this existential crisis with so-called climate change, so much so that climate alarmism is probably the greatest cause for mental health crisis in the world. The solutions the average person knows. Hey, one second. Ba based on. This guy's on a roll, but climate alarmism is a mental health issue. I've never heard that. Uh, I'm not disputing it. It uh, never 
like all this talk about climate change is freaking people out globally. That's have you ever heard that? No, no one's ever heard that. But it's interesting. I'm not saying it's not a thing because this guy is sharp. Uh, keep going. And more harmful and cost more human lives, especially in Europe during the time that you need heating than do the problem and the problems themselves. Fourth, two more here, Robin. The fourth, China. The number one adversary, not just to the United States, but to free people on planet Earth. Not only do we at at Davos not say that, we give the Chinese Communist Party a platform. Count on President Trump ending that nonsense. And fifth, as we sit here, another supranational organization, the World Health Organization, is discussing foisting gender ideology upon the global south. These are practices that are under review, if not being rejected, by countries in Northern Europe. The new president, especially if it's President Trump, will, as you like to say, trust the science. He will understand the basic biological reality of manhood and womanhood. And do you know why? Not because of retribution, not because he's a dictator, but because he has the power of the American people behind him. And it's connected to Senator Portman's excellent point that in addition to needing a vigorous executive, we look forward to having the popular will inform both the House and Senate in 2025 to pass laws on all of those issues and many others. Ultimately, Robin, I think President Trump, if in fact he wins a second term, is going to be inspired by the wise words of Javier Millet, who said that he was in power not to guide sheep, but to awaken lions. That's what the average American and the average free person on planet Earth wants out of leaders. I love it. And I think that's what the founding fathers wanted as well, right? <laughs> Javier Millet, by the way, that's the new president of Argentina. Very, very populist. Imagine that, a government that responds to the people, right? Rather than the other way around. I love it. That was Kevin Roberts. He's the president of the Heritage Foundation, which has been around for a long time, Um but it is a very important group, and he went over there to deliver that message to the World Economic Forum. You know, a lot of us suspect that Nikki Haley, what really motivates her, what she really wants at the end of the day is access to these global elites, right? She wants, she likes them. She likes being liked by them. And there's this strange thing, and quite frankly, it has something to do with her gender, Right. There's like almost a flirtation. Right. I think she is inhaling the attention of business people, not the kind of business people we like, like like the BlackRock people. Right. You know, when you make eight million dollars essentially overnight, like she did when she left the United Nations, it does weird things to you. It's, It's great to be wealthy if you built that yourself over time. But a windfall like that. It's just like winning the lottery. It messes with their heads, and a lot of them squander it or develop other kinds of trouble. So Nikki Haley, here's the word, all right? Here's what, I'm, here's what I can tell you. DeSantis is on the verge of dropping out. He's essentially closing down operations uh, everywhere. Um, the staff is almost gone, and, and it's, it's just a matter of time before they officially call it quits. I think they are going to wait until after New Hampshire. It can't look like he just quit. And I don't think he's going to make it. The word is he's not going to make it to South Carolina. Also, uh, Nikki Haley is floundering in New Hampshire. Uh, she wasn't ready for this kind of uh, attention. And not just in terms of, uh, 
I mean, the basics, like they are having trouble with logistics. They had one guy doing her schedule, one guy, 22 years old. Like they're not ready for the presidential level kind of stuff. They're just not. She's not going to win New Hampshire, and she is probably going to come in a distant second place to the point where she can't call herself like, you know, uh, the comeback kid or look at me or second place. Like when Bill Clinton got second place in 1992, he was the comeback kid, right? Look, he was because he lost to a guy named Paul Songus, who was right from next door, uh, Massachusetts, whatever. She's going to do so dismally. And the other thing, they she has almost no events today, tomorrow, because they can't get anybody to show up. There's very little interest in her. Her message is weak, um, and she's she's flailing. Now, all of the seeds of her of her, of her um, failure were present in her campaign video, her campaign launch video. Just like when you go on a first date. Even if it works out, successful relationship, the problems are usually the problems that are going to manifest themselves later, maybe even married, are present on the first date. If you think back, right, stuff that becomes a problem, everything that became a problem for her is evident in this tape. I'm going to play you when we come back. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Oh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, who remembers Senator Tim Scott? Tim Scott, Republican of South Carolina, ran for president for a couple of months. Didn't work out. Uh, quite frankly, nice guy. He doesn't have it. He doesn't. He's not presidential timber. Anybody can see it. So he is formally endorsing Trump tonight, I believe, in New Hampshire. James Flippin, is that right? Yeah, it's going to be a campaign event tonight in New Hampshire, and I guess that's where Scott's going to give his endorsement to Trump. Uh, well, that's terrific. Um, good. The more the merrier. The real key one, though, that came this week was from Vivek Ramaswamy, because he has a lot of folks who like Vivek, uh, will immediately go to, uh, Trump. It's not like they're gonna, <laughs> they have no use for Nikki Haley. I'll get to that tape in a moment. Uh, actually, hey, what's going on with the weather? It's no big deal, right? I, I, I mean, some people are panicking. Other people are taking it in stride. I'm taking it in stride. Uh, should I be panicking? No, of course I mean, not. Especially not for New York City. I don't think it's going to be much snow in the way of accumulation. It looks like it's actually spots in New Jersey that might get closer to like five or six inches. Not that that's anything super crazy, but, you know, more than an inch. Wow. Hey, listen to this, actually. Just like I said before, but we're actually starting to see it happen. The uh, Sanctus is kind of wrapping it up. Oh, really? Did I just call him the Sanctus? Yes, <laughs> I did actually. Uh, well, you know, I mean, he's kind of sanctimonious, so you call you can't call him sanctimonious each time. You got to call him to sanctus. That, that one never really got that popular on Twitter. I feel like Meatball Ron is the more common one on Twitter. Yeah, which is uh, is that prejudice against Italians? Oh, interesting. I I never actually is that thought... prejudice against Italians. I'm just quoting. Like I'm just quoting Goodfellas. <laughs> 
Um, I thought it was a weight comment. But. All right. So uh, the other thing is, any other? What, what do I need to know news-wise locally? Uh, so the big story right now is that, you know, the New York City Council wanted to put these bills in place, one of them called the Every Stop Bill, where cops basically would have to document every last interaction they'd have with somebody out on the street. And Mayor Adams has now vetoed this, saying he thinks it would take cops off the street and force them to do paperwork as opposed to actually doing police work. But I will say, big picture, it doesn't really mean much because it looks like the council has the votes to override Adams' veto. So eventually this is going to go through where cops have to do more paperwork concerning their interactions on the street. Well, Adams is, uh, you know, he's playing a game here. He's... uh Going to get credit from the New York Post for opposing this stuff, right? But in his heart, he is beholden to the left, I believe. It's all about the left, placating the left, not the middle. And um, he's still incompetent in every way. And, you know, Joseph Abood pointed it out. Like, my hunch about him in the clothes, like, it turned me off that he looks so good. Um, And you can't look that good if you're doing your job. You can't. And he, now we, we learn he's got four suits in the truck and he's changing four times a day and like all that stuff. It's all about, he's just a silly guy. He's just silly. He's just silly. So I can't stand even talking he, about He also him. vetoed, uh, Bill again, though it looks like the council has the rights to override it, the, uh, banning city, uh, solitary confinement in city jails. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just, he's hapless. He spends his time running around, uh, from press conference to press conference. He can't shut up. I, but governing takes more than being on television. Well, what about he the sub- he, he doesn't understand. What that. about the substance of those bills? Like, do you think that there needs to be I mean, more transparency? Well, it should not have gotten to this point. It should not have gotten. To, you know, if you were a if you were a good politician, which he's actually not. It's very unusual to have a guy. Well, not terribly unusual, but he's bad at governing and bad at politics. Usually, <laughs> to get a job like that, you got to be pretty good at politics, right? And he's not. You know, he was. I think he was unopposed in his um, in his borough president race. That sounds right. Yeah. yeah. And the state senator thing was a total clubhouse thing. So he's never really learned the art and the nuts and bolts of the city. He doesn't know, and he has very little interest in. So, yeah, forget him. Uh, Scott Stringer, of all people, not a crazy man, and he's thinking about running. And um, I could uh, I could do business with that guy. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You know, scientists have determined if you hold the door open for somebody and they don't say thank you, it makes you like on a scale of 1 to 10, 9.5 angry, angry and resentful, angry and resentful. And it's likely that you are going to be rude to somebody in the next 30 minutes following that. It's an affront. The whole point is when you do something nice, whether we like it or not, we actually are doing it for selfish reasons. We expect something in return. We expect acknowledgement. We expect recognition. We expect some sort of prize. It's uh, it's not good or bad. It's just natural. Now, we can overcome these natural impulses with God and uh, 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 and Jesus and, and, and faith, but uh, it's interesting. Um, you know, folks, this is a window into corruption. Quite frankly, uh, Sheldon Silver, right? 
I'm doing so much for the community. Yeah, but he was also shaking down uh, all kinds of people. Looks like it to me. Um, another guy who was running a charity for a long time, right? Oh, I'm doing God's work. I'm doing all this work. Surely I can pocket a little money uh, on the side. I told you that whole story where I started doing uh, volunteer work at the soup kitchen many years ago. Many years ago. It was 2015, I think. And... I was like, oh, my gosh, I am the greatest person in the world. And all the homeless guys were like, Greg, from Good Day. Oh, wow. And I was like, yeah. I'm, and I'd show up every Sunday night and I'd, deli- I'd give the food to the homeless. And I felt like I was on top of the world. And I remember I had an ethical dilemma regarding uh, an expense account. And I'm like, mm, can I file this? I don't know. I mean, technically, I'm probably not supposed to, but I certainly do deserve I don't know. I'll put that over there. I'll, I kept thinking about it. I, I can't remember what the details were, but it was a, you know, whether or not something I bought was expensive or not. And I was, I wrestled with it. And then I started volunteering. And then a couple of weeks later, I saw the paperwork that I had been putting off and I said, Oh, I'm definitely, I'm definitely expensing this. After all, I'm a good person. I volunteer, right? How could I even question myself? And, I stopped myself right there. I was like, wow, because I felt so entitled to do what I was reluctant to do or hesitant to do or, you know, wasn't sure it was the right thing or not. And then, oh, I'm a good person. Why did I'm 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 volunteering anyway? That was worth the whole volunteering experience. I didn't uh, whatever it was, whatever corner I was thinking about cutting, I did not cut. And it was just like a huge not a wake up call, but an insight into me and I think into others, human nature. Um, you know, on some level, we're all animals. I don't know. Hey, uh, speaking of animals, uh, the Biden administration and Merrick Garland out to uh, destroy Donald Trump. And here's the attorney general, I just uh, the, just this morning, saying that there should be a speedy trial of Donald Trump. I wonder, I'm curious to hear his justification for that. Go ahead with that, please. One of the trials for the former president, uh, Donald Trump, is scheduled for March. Uh, You know, some of the polling recently shows that three quarters of Republicans believe that he's being targeted uh, for political reasons. Uh, Does it concern you that uh, that this public perception exists? And and what can you do to try to change that? Okay. um, Of course, it concerns me. Um, What we have to do is show by the acts that we take that we're following the law, that we're following the facts. The um, um, prosecutions that you're talking about were brought last year, um, and the uh, special prosecutor has uh, said from the beginning uh, that he thinks uh, public interest requires a speedy uh, trial. Stop! Which I he doesn't sound at all shifty, does he? Right? This is the definition of shifty. Keep going. You I do, and uh, the matter is now in the hands of the uh, trial judges to determine when the uh, trials will take place. The department has policies about steering clear of elections. Um, is there a date in your mind where it might be too late to bring these trials to fruition? Uh, again, to stay out of out of the way of the elections and, uh, as the department policies. Well, I, I just say you know what I said, which is that the cases were brought last year prosecutor has urged speedy trials, uh, uh, with which I agree, um, and this is now in the hands of the judicial system, not in our hands. Do you, do you look in, looking back now, do you think that the department took too long to bring these cases, maybe? No. The special prosecutors followed the facts and the law. 
Uh, they brought cases when they thought they were ready. Mm. Shifty and weird and caught, busted, 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 busted. Um, it's very, very suspicious. And I, I look, it's, it goes right back to Biden, the Biden team. They wanted this to happen. They're trying to take Trump out. Uh, why did they wait all this time? I mean, now they're insisting on a trial right now. Uh, what do I mean by all this time? Well, you had 2021 and 2022, right? They could have investigated and indicted back then, but they waited until Donald Trump really posed a political threat. They thought January 6th was enough to take him out. It didn't. And um, here, I think this is a proof that, well, they are out to stop him for political reasons and that Joe Biden <laughs> is... Well, he actually said to the world that he's doing this. He's actually going to take President Trump out, not by beating them on Election Day, but by, well, taking him out through the judicial system. Cut 16. We just have to demonstrate that he will not take power um, by uh, if we uh, if he does run, uh, making sure he uh, under legitimate efforts of uh, our Constitution does not become the next president again. We just have to demonstrate that he will not take power using the, uh, the legitimate uh, efforts under the Constitution, not beating him. He said that in November, uh, November 9th of 2022, November 9th. What happened on November 15th? You want to know what happened on November 15th? This cut 17. In order to make America great and glorious again, I am tonight announcing my candidacy for president of the United States. And what happened four days after that? The guy you just heard, Merrick Garland. Here he is, November 19th of 2022. Cut 18. Today, I signed an order appointing Jack Smith to serve as special counsel. The order authorizes him to continue the ongoing investigation into both of the matters that I have just described and to prosecute any federal crimes that may arise from those investigations. Isn't that fascinating? All right. So Joe Biden says out loud, we're going to demonstrate to him that he cannot take power and will use legitimate efforts under the Constitution. They're not going to beat him at the ballot box. They're going to they're going to prosecute him. That's code for prosecute. He also said to The New York Times that Donald Trump is a threat to democracy and he should be prosecuted. You can look it up. That's actually in um, in late 2021, early 2022. He was applying pressure on Merrick Garland to get Trump. Great thing is the people are wise to this. And so are some judges, actually. Some of them, uh, could some of them shock us and do the right thing? Not this Judge Lewis Kaplan. Is that his name? The worst guy in the world presiding over the E. Jean Carroll fiasco. Really, really bad. All right. I want to go back to the other fiasco, Nikki Haley of South Carolina. Uh, everything you need to know about her was really present in this campaign ad, her kickoff. This is how she started. Again, sounds like she's running for a fourth fourth grade teacher of the year, not president. Cut 15. The railroad tracks divided the town by race. I was the proud daughter of Indian immigrants. Not black, not white. I was different. But my mom would always say your job is not to focus on the differences, but the similarities. So a couple of things. The mother never said that. Uh, Number two, she has done this many times. 
Nobody could figure out who we were and what we were doing there. Really speaking down to the people of South Carolina, like they don't know what an Indian is. And I'm going to have to say this. There is questions about whether or not she's eligible to run. If, in fact, her parents were Indian immigrants, that's great. But were they citizens when Nikki was born? That potentially is an issue. And look, it was an issue for Vivek Ramaswamy. And it could be an issue for her. And it's not racist to bring that up. It's not. I mean, she said it right there. It's okay. Were they immigrant? I mean, we're all talking about immigrants right now. What was their status? Green card, otherwise permanent resident. Were they citizens at that point? We got to find that out. And then she goes to the railroad tracks. She does this commercial on the railroad tracks. What did you do with the railroad tracks? Smoke cigarettes, maybe, right? The railroad tracks, it's very creepy. She's hanging around the railroad tracks. Keep going. And my parents reminded me and my siblings every day how blessed we were to live in America. Some look at our past as evidence that America's founding principles are bad. They say the promise of freedom is just made up. Some think our ideas are not just wrong, but racist and evil. Nothing could be further from the truth. Stop. Uh, There are a lot of brilliant woke critics out there. She's not one of them. I mean, this is not compelling. I can't stand that she also took all that time. Nothing could be further from the truth. No, no, no. It's weak. And so is she. But it gets worse. Keep going. I've seen evil. In China... They commit genocide. In Iran, they murder their own people for challenging the government. And when a woman tells you about watching soldiers throw her baby into a fire, it puts things in perspective. Even on our worst day, we are blessed to live in America. I was born and raised in South Carolina, so I have seen the very best of our country. People here threw out the old, tired political establishment and demanded accountability for their tax dollars. Industry reports called us the beast of the Southeast, which I love. People came by the thousands for fresh starts. Moms and dads held their heads up high. Children learned that it was always a great day in South Carolina. It's a great day. It's a great day. A great day. A great day in South Carolina. Oh, man, how hokey and corny can you get? Parents are holding their head high because they live in South Carolina and they like the governor. Do you hold your head high because of Kathy Hochul? All right. Has nothing to do with anything. They take credit for everything. I find it sickening. All of them. And I'm amazed that uh, they get paid for this stuff. Let's go to Susan real quick. Hi. Hi. Sorry. Hi. Yeah. Hi. How are you? I'm here. Uh, hanging in there, kid. Listen, I love that clip you played of um, Kevin Roberts. I hadn't heard that. He did an awesome job. And you were saying about climate um, alarmism. Uh, I think what he's referring to is that so many young children have been brainwashed, and even you know a lot of the the generations that should be having kids are like, oh well, the Earth you know isn't going to be here, and and they're just like very brainwashed by this uh, manufactured um, idea that the, um, uh, the you know the climate change, which is basically the sun has more to do with it than than man and the earth has been here billions of years 
it's the people in the earth that are having love and they are having mental issues from this because if you tell little kids now remember that Greta Thunberg chick that little girl from Sweden that came over yeah and, how you know, dare so- you I remember her she had problems before climate showed up I think she's uh, she had issues I can't remember what they are in, in addition to being annoying and obnoxious she had some sort of uh, something going on there uh, all right, so yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, brainwashing the kids, uh, and they believe all this hype. A lot of them do. And, uh, they're making decisions based on it that are possibly harmful to them. Susan, thank you for clearing that up for me. All's good up there. You're upstate, right? By those finger lakes. Did you see what I did with Hunter Biden's back? Yes, I did. And I remember you saying that like two years ago. And now we're finding out that this is an area where a lot of human trafficking goes on and uh, that there's a huge file, according in the suspicious activity report at the Treasury that, um, you know, it, it has him in the middle of some of we that. have some barely of scratched the surface of what I'm talking about, folks, all those weird LLC shell companies that Hunter Biden has. Uh, Owasco, Skinetalis, whatever. They're all named for, uh, lakes up there where Susan lives, the Finger Lakes. And here's the, <laughs> the part that's kind of absurd. He has the Finger Lakes tattooed on his back. Um, he went there because his mother is from there, his biological mother, the one who died, sadly. And he spent a lot of summers up there. So it's very near and dear to his heart. Let's go to Ruth. Hi. Hey, Greg. Um, I just want to revert to your your discussion about holding a door. Open right? for somebody, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I want to tell you, first of all, that's manners are cultural, number one. Number two, let me tell you my experience. I'm holding a door open for a man. He walks in, he walks past me, doesn't say a word, and I say, you're welcome. I, you see what I mean? Though you're expecting some sort of reward. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I mean, I'm just saying if you don't get that, all right, so you say you're welcome, kind of like, a, yeah, I did something for you. You better acknowledge it. Okay, then what happened? He turns around. He says to me, I didn't ask you to hold the door. Ooh, spunky. Uh, all right, then what happened? What could I do? I didn't say anything. But I, I said did to you myself, give him a look? what a I hope you, creep. Did you give him a look? Did you give him a look, a dirty look? No, because he had walked past me. It's kind of weird, though. It's It, it does. I read this, actually, a, a while back. There was a scientific paper, and they studied this very issue. So they liken opening a door for somebody, for a stranger, to an act of charity. And we do expect some sort of return. It's on a biological level, beyond culture. It is on a, it's a biological expectation that we will be rewarded for that. And, you know, you said, what a creep. I would have felt the same way. I am totally indignant when somebody doesn't thank me. But it's kind of interesting what happens next. At some point in the following half hour, if you think back, Ruth, you might have been rude to somebody because of what happened to you or just not as nice as you normally are. Hey Ruth, you're in Queens. What part of Queens and how's uh, w- w- what are you up to overall in life? I'm from I I live in Bayside now, but I grew up in Great Neck. Um so I'm familiar with Nassau County. And um I taught in Roslyn for over 30 years and now I'm teaching adults through the Great Neck Community Ed. What do you teach them? Spanish. 
Oh, you speak Spanish? Sí, bastante para defenderme. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, my daughter is uh, speaking Spanish uh, to her uh, babysitter. Not to me. I try to get her to speak Spanish. You think I could learn Spanish real quick? Well, not quickly, but you could learn it. Why not quick? With all the technologies and the apps, can I learn it fast? It's, it's, we don't have, after the age of 12, basically, we don't have the facility that these young kids have to pick things up. I know, I, you know, with my adult students, it's, as I say to them, repetition, repetition, repetition. Repetition is at the heart of education. Wow. All right, and so. That goes, yeah, that goes for learning any new skill. But I'm, tw- so I'm, I'm obviously not 12, so it's like next to impossible? No, it's not next to impossible, but you use the word quickly. Yeah, I know, because I don't have much time. I kind of want to learn it by, uh, you know, by Memorial Day. Okay. Well, buena suerte. Well, good luck. Right. Hey, I'm off to a good start. That's All right. right. Thank you, Ruth. Be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, check this out. Everybody knows Sports Illustrated, right? Um, used to be big. I know it's still out there, was out there, known for its uh, swimsuit issue and... Um, more more recently, you know, they started putting uh, average body types on the swimsuit issue, and they really went woke. And when you go woke, you go broke. Uh, Sports Illustrated is laying off its entire staff. The entire staff is getting laid off at Sports Illustrated. I'm sorry to hear this, actually. It's astounding. It's a bit of a, it's a surprise, big time. But it's kind of logical at the same time. They went so woke and weird. Got this from the New York Post. Breaking news. A dark day for sports journalism. The Arena Group alerted all Sports Illustrated staffers on Friday that their positions were being eliminated. Richard Deicht, a sports media reporter who left Sports Illustrated for The Athletic, posted the email that all employees received on X. Some employees will be terminated immediately and paid in lieu of the applicable notice period under the union contract, the notice read. Employees with a last working day of today will be contacted by the people team soon. Other employees will be expected to work through the end of the notice period and will receive additional information shortly. The decision comes after the Authentic Brands Group, the licensing group that bought Sports Illustrated for $110 million from Meredith five years ago, terminated the agreement it holds with the Arena Group to publish the magazine in print and digital. The Sports Illustrated Union said it was calling upon Authentic to ensure the continued publication of SI in a statement following the announcement. I don't think it's up to the union. Well, that's uh, that's too bad. It was a great, 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 great publication at one time. Then it got woke and weird. And like President Trump said, when you go woke, you become demented. 